Which one? That's fine. Okay, so real quick, um, so I want to give a, a quick rundown of last week's passage. Can we do that real fast? Anyone? Anyone? What was what did we talk about last week? What happened in the story? Peter and John went before the council. Right. Nicely done. Is that what the subject heading says? Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Well played. That's fine. That's fine. What what happened before? And who is the council? Let's do that. Who makes up this council? Or what is the power of the council? And the temple. They're in charge of like this religious center that's not just a religious center. It's like the cultural icon and center and way of the community, right? And they control it. They have final say over it. That's exactly right. So if they said, no more temple for you, you're kind of out of the culture, basically. You're out of society. You're on the fringe. They killed someone not long before. You know, they had them killed. What else? What else happened in that story? He goes bef- they go before them and what happens? Yes, they, basically they basically can't decide like, how to punish the disciples because everyone clearly saw that there was this miracle performed. <clears throat> so they can't you know, figure out what to do to get them to like, stop doing it or like, how to like, you know, pretend like there wasn't this miracle. So just tell them, like, don't do this anymore. And so interesting, yeah. Sorry, what are we gonna do? We're like they say, like what? What do you want us to do? We just healed this guy. The name of Jesus healed this person. What do you want from me? Like we're gonna have to keep doing that, right? Like we we can't really help it, kind of. That's what they say. Like you can judge for yourself. We're not gonna stop doing this. And then they just threaten them more. They're at like this political impasse, right? This the group of the council, right? Is at this weird impasse, which again I I think it's so intriguing, and I think it's a this is not like a point for the day or anything. But I think it's so interesting that we can get caught in our own religion and our own rules and the norm, the religious norms and the cultural norms of our Christianity that we would be upset and afraid and threatened by a healing like this. I think is interesting. They do this amazing thing and change this person's life and that threatens the norm. And that is, I think, and those, those people didn't start out wanting that, Right? That's a good thing. They didn't start out their religion saying, helping people also, by the way, is terrible and bad, right? That's not at all the rules of, you know, of Judaism at this point at all. But, but something happened with them following their cultural and their religious norm that made something beautiful like that threatening. And that, I think, I think that should sober us pretty serious on how we handle this Christian subculture we, we don't think we may live in, but we do very much. I think we should, we should understand that can happen very easily to people. I mean, we see it happen all over the place, right? You end up, this leader or a group of people or this subculture of thought, for whatever, religiously, are threatened and don't like grace being shared in some way. 
right? And that happens. That's something that can happen to us just as easily as the council. Right? We, can't, we can't think them more evil than us, I think, deep down. Um, but I wanted to ask you this, too. Before we keep going, <clears throat> I want to ask you this. Did anyone, if you don't have a story, that's fine. I mean, it's not fine, but it's okay if we don't have any to share. Did anyone have a situation this week where you noticed someone else had been with Jesus? Remember us talking about that last week? Like they, the, the council, part of the reason they were taken aback is because these uneducated, ignorant, normal people had done something great and had this boldness within them because they had been around the person of Jesus. They said they took note, these men must have been with Jesus. Right? Does anyone have a story about someone in your life this week where you thought, oh gosh, that person... That was so beautiful a comment, or that was so right an action, they must have been with Jesus. It sticks out to you this week? Anyone? I have a really small thing, but, um, but it's still so cool. So we went to Mark and Karen's house, and um, it's not really small. To me, it's a big thing. But um, they had taken these plants that um, they had and potted them in pots that Shannon and um, and it was just like, oh, like kind of just like this cool reminder, like our group is growing and this is from like people who used to be a part of the group and it was so thoughtful and kind. And now we all have a little plan. Nice. I, I bet, too, you're not the first person to think that Mark and Karen have been with Jesus, also, by the way. Not, yeah. Which is also good. Sure. You know what I mean? That, that there could probably be story upon story of that is encouraging. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, for sure. In all seriousness, that's, that's strong. Good. Good, good. Anyone else? I wasn't here last week, but my partner and I, his name is Foster, we've been praying to um, not escalate. Um, because when I escalate, he builds, and then I build, and then right. and we're just right. So we've been praying to um, have that stop and just inviting that um, into our lives. And we had a disagreement last weekend, and both of us were just kind of like done. It, it wasn't, it would have normally sent us both over the edge. Right. Um, remodeling a house is very stressful. Can be. As it happens. <laughs> and living in the um, guest house, the mother in law suite, which is 700 square feet, and all of our three bedroom houses in it. Yeah. So it's just been really stressful. And so we've kind of been at that place. And both of us have kind of stepped away and said, prayed on our own and been working really hard to do that and I think that I can see that in him whereas cool. before I hadn't been able awesome. to see that. It's, it's crazy to see that in someone that you, you're so close to too and that you love so much be like oh man they have they are being changed by this by this awesome. like them attempting to be with Jesus on this one and like walk with him on this. Yeah. that's really cool yeah. good deal well done Foster and you of course but <clears throat> anyone else? So I have one because it was it's it's it was so special to me to have someone be so kind to my wife. So Lily had a birthday last week, which is great. She's almost my age now, which is awesome. <laughs> almost gonna catch me, which is exciting. So uh, <laughs> every year she's so close, and I win still. So, but we uh, she got this gift that was super thoughtful. The gift was great and kind and all that, but the the letter that Aisha wrote her to was like 
as on point about Lily as someone has like taken the time to think through and describe Lily. And it was like this very settling that when Lily was reading it, I could tell that she knew she was known and like was seen and someone totally took the time to be like, let me kind of think through this person and figure her out as my friend and let me express it. And it was, it was right. It was right to do and righteous to do and very kind. And we just sat around after and thought, oh, because she's, she's obviously been with Jesus. That's obviously why that would happen. That's perfect. And that was, it was, it pushed Jesus towards us or something or pushed us that, what, however that works, it did what it was supposed to do. It was perfect. And so it was something, again, that I want us to know. And the reason I bring that up is because, again, this we, we keep talking about. When, when you are with Jesus and when you have communion there with the Spirit of God, it is not just, oh, good, I'm going to have a better day because of it. We have to get out of this individualistic mindset thinking that, oh, when we're with Jesus, we just sin less today. And that's awesome. Or we, you know, this stranger we might be nicer to, which is good to be nice to the stranger. I'm not saying don't. I'm just saying, though, that's not where it ends. It doesn't end with just, you did great, or, oh, I'm better off today, or, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. When you and I have communion with the Spirit of God, and when we are actively seeking to know Jesus in our actions, and how we exchange with each other, and how we commune with each other, it changes the whole body. We, ha- we somehow have to realize and have to bank on that being true. Because when Foster is with Jesus, it not only affects you, but your story of that affects us. Your reaction to that changes the way you spend your day. All these things, that it affects the we. It does. And the inverse is also true. The inverse can be true of that as well. right? And so we, we have to, again, realize this community is... And it's, it's not the buzzword community. It's, it's a deeper thing than that. It's an interconnected community. It's an interconnected thing that way. So I just want us to remember that. That's why I asked that. But let's, let's continue in that passage, though. So turn to Acts 4, or it's going to be on the screen. Um, or on your phone, I'm sure. This is what it says. It says, On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they had heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of earth rise together and the rulers band together against the Lord and against the anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel and the city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and your will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal, perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And all the people were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God boldly. So, what I, what I want us to think through, and what I want us to notice, and I want us to do this, you know, soberly. They get released, 
Again, I think it's worth saying that it is not, this is not like the pastors of their church saying, hey, you're an unauthorized to talk about this, or we don't believe in your theology. Okay? It's not that. It's not like that kind of story, that level of conflict. It is the people that legitimately have power over their earthly lives saying to them, we are telling you and threatening you. You don't want to see. I don't, I don't know what the threat sounded like. I'm going to make one up. You don't want to see whatever. You don't tell me no. That's what I keep thinking about. I tell Tobin that all the time. You don't tell me no. So now he says this to me. But <laughs> I had a hard morning with him this morning. Yeah, he was like, you don't tell me no. So anyway, but they are being threatened with more than likely their lives, at least excommunication of the temple, more than likely. You know, we don't know what the threats are, but it's enough for them to be concerned, okay? Again, they kick people out of the temple, and you don't get kicked out of church, <laughs> okay? You, you lose your cultural identity, right? That, that is what you are losing in that. You no longer get to sacrifice to God to have your sins absolved. You, you lose your standing even with God in their cultural mindset, okay? So this is a powerful threat. There is something to the threat. It's not like, you know, watch yourself. You know, be like, okay, you can't do anything. They, no, they really can. They are the law. They are the everything right here. So they threaten them, and they say, don't, don't speak in the name of Jesus any longer. They hear this threat. On the release, Peter and John go back to their own people, report what they said, and when they heard this, they raised their voices in prayer to God together. So, first question, do you think that threat was taken seriously? Does their reaction show that the threat mattered at all? Mark, yeah, yeah, I think so, right? It was concerning enough to go tell everyone what had happened. And then right after it happens, what do they do? They pray about it immediately, right? They raise their voices together. This idea of we have to pray about this immediately. It's an emotional something, right? So again, in our, in our own world, what threat would be enough for me to walk in here or for me to call all of you and say, please come to my house this afternoon. I have to tell you what's happened. And me to tell you how my family was threatened and you all raise your voices together immediately to pray for us. I'm having a hard time thinking of a threat that could happen, that I would need to do that, right? Or that I would think to do that. If you think of threats, I would call the police, but what if that's not, what if that's not it, you know? It's, this, is a, this is a different, I'm trying to just express, this is a hard thing to put ourselves in. We have to realize that before we keep going, or we'll just breeze through this passage and be like, oh yeah, the believer's prayer, we heard about that at like church camp when I was, you know, 16 or whatever, and we all prayed together, we would have boldness to evangelize. That's, it's more than that. It's more than that here. Way, way more than that. So they, they begin to pray, and they quote this passage. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up, the rulers band together against the Lord and against the anointed one. Why would, would they use this passage in their prayer? Then have to have a deep answer. Just what, what would be the point of quoting that? What? Protection. Right? Right? Protection? What else? Confirming the divinity of Jesus that just because people are taking a stand against him is actually fulfilling a 
right? This, this, this was supposed to be coming idea, right? That it's, it's, it kind of glorifies Jesus, but it also can do what? If, you, if, you, if this was planned to come the whole time, that can even settle you a little bit, right? Like, okay, we can pray this because a thousand years ago, this song was quoted and people sang this. We can sing it too. We can be a part of this story. We can be a part of this movement. We can be a part of this, right? That's good. What else? It almost feels like, I, I, I agree in a way too, because it's, it's almost like, different. are we crazy here? Is this, we're being threatened with our lives by people that for our entire life, and all of my parents' lives and my grandparents' lives, have looked at them as the ultimate authority and the ultimate righteousness. And good people. People that obviously follow every letter of the law perfectly. Or as perfectly as people do, right? Or they would show that they're following it perfectly. And are we crazy? I mean, it's one of those things you're like... I mean, they're threatening to kill us or to kick us out or whatever it is. Are, are we sure here? Like, and this, they find comfort here. They find assurance. They find, again, this reiteration of, no, this has been coming. This is part of the deal. This is part of the true way of the anointed one. This is the deal. Why else? Why else would they maybe quote that together? Or maybe all those things in a different, a different way, a different explanation. Okay, very. I, I agree, and I think it's beautiful that in the midst of this threat, they find comfort in that passage. That they say, "Okay, we're going to declare that together, and say that loudly together, in prayer." Again, for all those reasons, to find protection and power in it. To remind ourselves, no, Jesus is the one this is talking about. The anointed one is Jesus. And, and they talk about that right after. And to say, okay, we can settle on this being, we can give our lives to this. We can. This is, this is going to be what we choose, right? Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided before and should happen. This is also... Again, one of these things, to, to this sentence, this prayer they pray together is beautiful because they're again declaring, no one can do anything to me unless you are allowing it to, and I can trust that. Right? They find trust in this, this sovereignty they're, they're ascribing to God in that sentence, saying, look, Jesus was killed when he was killed because it was allowed to be by you. It was in your authority and your power you at the time and place set for that that was of your design so we can find comfort in that we find comfort that of your design this happened and so of your design and you, communion was with you in the midst and we can also rest in that design they say we can we can also be okay with that we know that 
It was done to Jesus, not outside of your power or your will or your control or desire, so we, we are okay with this. And then it goes down and says, Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal, perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. So here's a question that I've had this week. What would, today, with us, if we said, consider the threats, what would those really be to speaking the word of Jesus boldly and with confidence? What would, what would that be? To not only speaking that, saying it, and moving your mouth, but doing the way of Jesus, acting in this way, living a powerful life, the life of Jesus really, what are the threats of that? If we're going to consider the threats, we can't just separate ourselves and say, oh, no one's going to threaten to kill us for it. Because probably not. Probably not. At least our government at the moment is not threatening to kill us over that. So what are the actual threats if we're going to consider them? What are they? It's okay if they're small, quote unquote. In what way? Example, maybe. If you have, if you know it's okay, we'll, we can think of some. But no, I mean, there are a lot of political ties. I mean, like the Christian right, we may have you know, lots of disagreements there. Maybe there's some things we might agree on, but the reality is we don't want those things to be ascribed to us immediately because we use the name of Jesus in a sense of someone that we actually love and we want to see that it's way bigger than that. And so we're afraid that we don't know where to start. Right. And that, that has more power than we think it does. We can act like, oh, that's fine. That's okay. But I know as soon as we're talking to our grandma, who may ascribe to this way that's the sweetest person in the whole world and is going to worry about you and pray for you for night on night because of some random thing, that hurts a little bit. It's different, right? What else? Dismissal, right? To be dismissed is a tough thing, I think. To be argued with, fine, right? To be in confrontation with, fine. Dismissed, that sucks. <laughs> that one hurts differently, doesn't it? I mean, it's, it's a different kind of, especially when it's someone you respect, is a different level of, of threat, you know, to be dismissed. What else? You had a friend loses his job over talking about Jesus. He was a, a, a checkout guy or beggar at a grocery store. It does happen, yeah. Mm. And a professor at UT was a similar situation years ago. There was email proof that because he was a Christian, they wouldn't hire him, and he was a leading um, astronomer. And anyways, he's now teaching in the University of South America. Yeah. They wouldn't hire him, which is illegal to discriminate on someone's religion. Right, right. Legit threat. Well, but it's, I mean, it is if Meg wants to be a professor. You know what I mean? It, you're right. It's not. It's not to you personally, yes. But I mean, 
it is if you need Jesus through this person and now they can't be near you. I mean, it's, it's in some ways, yeah, it's not small even to us. But you're right, it's not, it's not us personally. You know, one threat that I think of that's probably not an immediate threat, but in talking to, to Brian and Holly and Lily, I've thought about this a lot. It's a little bit of one to... We're, a long way to get around this. So we want our kids to go to like vacation Bible school at my parents' church in East Texas. Because our church probably isn't going to do a vacation Bible school. More than <laughs> like, probably don't quite have the energy to do that. And part of me just like wants them to have this fun experience that I had and that I like when I was a youth helped with the kids thing and you know whatever. I want them to have the experience. And mostly too because my dad and stepmom would love it. Like it would be, it would taste good to them to actually get to see them and sing the songs with them on the Sunday and have them present their, like, corn fish that was different <laughs> colors and put it on my, grand, my, my stepmom's wall. And the whole deal, they would love it. They would think we're doing things right as parents to send them there, right? They would love it. They would love it. And so I want them to do that. I do. And I, and I really do because I think it's cute, too, singing songs about whatever or whatever this. But you know what? I, I don't... Want, I don't want the conversation about why we pledge allegiance to a Christian flag, personally. I don't want Asher to ask me. I mean, I do want him to. I do. But I'm worried a little bit about the confrontation about the discussion of Jesus being in his heart and what that means. I should pray to have Jesus in my heart. And I, I want to have that conversation. I want to have it for real. And I want to go into it. But I also... The threat of... Me teaching something different than someone else who is going to be fun and love and enjoy and all this stuff is going to be a conflict that I'm concerned for in his little brain. You know, I'm concerned for it. And it's not a threat to me, but it feels like a threat to the spirituality that's going to hopefully develop in my son or not. And it feels, and I'm not saying that's not the way of Jesus, talk about Jesus and being invited in your heart. I'm not necessarily saying that. I just know for us to live on our conviction of what we would tell our son and what we would tell him baptism is and what we would tell him the follower of Jesus does and how that begins and how that works in his life, that is to me hard and it feels like I'm threatening some of him because it's not, I don't know. Does that make sense? And again, that's not a threat. That's not the same. But to me, it feels like that. It does a little bit. You know, it feels like, I don't know. I don't know. We feel some of those things when we go back to my home church at home. The way we talk to our kids or what they can wear to the church, you know, when they arrive there or whatever else. It's not a real threat, but it's, you're going to be in the cultural norm or you're not, you know. It's strange. It's just strange. Um, Any other ones? Right. I don't know. Yeah. Culture. Yeah. It, yeah. A lot it of it does. Definitely do with what Brian and, and Stephanie were saying, but I feel like there's some. I don't know. I'm like starting a new job last year. I feel like I was really hesitant to be like I'm a Christian. I don't know. I. But now I go to prayer on Friday mornings and like. But I I don't even tell everybody that I do that. Like. 
There's something about, I don't know. That, that real desire of, and we can call it this, and it's not cheesy to do that, this desire for acceptance and being yeah. very with the norm is still heavy as adult people. As adult professional people that probably many of you have been ridiculed and you're still going to make it, right? But that desire to not be is strong still. We can't gloss over that and say that's not a part of our life. It is. It is a part of it, right? To be the, the strange one or the dismissed one or whatever else is hard. I mean, that's, that's part of, that is difficult. I know at my job, we've, we've had a situation before to where it's a high-stress environment, it's all this stuff, and so what's in people comes out of people in those situations. Like when people are really stressed, what they really think and believe comes out of their mouth or their actions or whatever. And we have had, like, I've seen overt racist conversations or someone being confrontationally racist to someone else, and it is like a legitimate threat at some points to have someone sue us if I kick them off the job for that. Or if I start a confrontation to legitimately, and I'm not like looking to get into a, a fight, but that could happen with the way tensions rise with someone being that way. Like it, it is actually, I mean, we've had people getting to very close to having a fist fight over someone being racist to another person and then having a problem and then you have to deal with that and you have to handle that in a way that's righteous. You still need someone to finish their job. I mean, there's a lot of layers to those things. That Those are real threats to going right head on with justice to someone rather than just looping around it gently and just saying everything's okay. It's hard. And it, it can be really loud. And, you know, against the best interest of finishing a house in the next four weeks. I mean, it, it can get that way. Um... But what they do is they, they consider them really. They say, Lord, consider these. Help us to know them deep down. They, I'm sure, had talks with their families and their children. I mean, you have to tell your wife or your husband in this situation, yeah, this way I'm following, we just got threatened to be killed if we continue it we need to decide if we're going to continue that. You know, I may lose my job because of something. Are we okay with me doing that? You know, right? I mean, am I okay with us not getting invited, getting invited to the little kids' birthday parties at our daycare because of something we might say or something we might... Are, are we really okay with those things? Because... I worry sometimes because we don't consider them, we're definitely not okay with them. We haven't weighed it, and we think that weighs a lot. And so it's, it's going to, the weightier thing is going to be what we follow there, right? Like, like Meg was saying. If we don't consider the outcome of what could happen, we're probably not going to move forward. So they consider the threats, and they say, enable your servants to speak your name with great boldness, which, again, is true and good, and I think that a lot of times our subculture of Christianity, if we want to say that, is probably way slower on speaking something in boldness, and we would much rather just act fairly nice, right? I mean, there's different levels of that. Growing up, I probably had the opposite one. Like, as long as you could just talk really good about it and be really bold in talking about it, you don't really have to live according to the way of Jesus. Just 
talk the way of Jesus and you're good, right? Well, too many of us, I feel like, sometimes have gone to the other extreme on that and we have to be honest about that. We should be very upfront and say we are much more comfortable acting the way of Jesus and not saying anything. That's, that's very similar to saying the way of Jesus and not acting it to me. That sounds really close to the same. They also say, though, stretch out your hand to heal, perform wonderful signs in the name of your servant Jesus. How is God going to stretch out his hand and heal? He's going to do it through those people. Right? It wasn't like, please do magical things around us. It was, use us to stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs. Right? Through our prayers, we're going to pray for someone. Through us touching this leper. Through us telling someone to get up and walk, taking his hand and watching him jump down the temple court, right? Or whatever it is, a temple court, a hall, whatever it looked like. It was awesome. Jumping through there. So, again, we have this, this, they are asking for both. They are asking for the acts of Jesus to act through them in powerful, wonderful ways, right? And they are also asking to be able to speak it. And I do think it's worth noting here, because I need to convince myself of this. They didn't ask him, God, please help us sin less. That wasn't the end of the prayer. Obviously, that's part of it. They ask for the big things. They ask to be able to heal and perform miraculous signs. I honestly don't ask that very much. <laughs> when I'm asking to look like Jesus and to, for people to note that I've been with Jesus, that's not my first move. God, help them know I've been with Jesus by giving me an opportunity to heal someone's leg at work today. That's usually not my move, right? <laughs> but why is it not? Because it's socially acceptable and a little weird or crazy kind of sounding. Or what is the reasoning? And I'm not saying if I don't heal someone's leg that I'm not. Do you know what I mean? Are we, why is that not my prayer, really? And there's a reason. And I, I'm concerned at what the reason is. The reason is because of a threat, more than likely. I wonder why I don't say, help me speak your name with great boldness today. It's because the threat of speaking the name might be worse than the threat of just acting justly like Jesus. It's honestly probably the truth. To where definitely there was a time when I would have said, oh yeah, speaking the name of Jesus with your bones, that sounds awesome. Lord, please don't let me have to act against injustice and spend all of my money on it, please. Don't make me do that. Please do not ask us at this moment to change our family dynamic and adopt two children. Please don't do that. Just let me speak your name with boldness or something. I don't want to seem like I've been with Jesus because of that one. That one's going to be different and harder and weird or not really weird, but you know what I'm saying? So I wonder the things we don't want God to do through us. Why don't we? Is it because of the threat of those things, right? Is it because we don't agree with them? Maybe that's it, which we can work through. We can figure that out. Is it because we don't want boldness in that area or in that way? What is it? What part of this believer's prayer would we be uncomfortable being a part of? To where if someone stood up and prayed that, we'd be like, you can have that one. That can be for you. We'll celebrate you as you are the bold one in that way, right? 
just, I wonder for us what that is. I wonder as a we what that is. What thing we don't want boldness with. What threats are just too much, right? They pray this, stretch out your hand to heal, perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed this, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And all were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. It's interesting, too, that right after this, we're not going to go into this, this is for another week, but right after this, they realized that nothing was their own. And they recommit themselves to this commonality of things, this commonality of, of item, right? This, this we share everything we have together, which is beautiful too. But I just, I want us to realize that, and I want to realize, really, for my family, for us, for Asher and Tobin seeing the way their parents live, and for y'all seeing the way that I live, or my coworkers seeing the way that I really do want it to be but I'm not afraid or apprehensive to pray for boldness in all the areas of Jesus' way. All the ways of Jesus. The way that he was okay answering anger with gentleness or even not speaking against it at all sometimes. And also the way he turned over tables in the temple made a mess and was frightening. And the way that he allowed his disciples to be completely wrong and even sometimes fairly hateful and stupid and just taught gently for them to move forward. And in the way also he told some people, some leaders, that unless they sold all their stuff, they weren't going to experience the kingdom of heaven one bit. The way he healed widows and got them up from the ground and then the way he played with kids and was the funnest one at the get-together, right? The way to be able to speak, knowing that right after he spoke, they were going to attempt to destroy And then at times when he knew the best was just to be quiet and let people's hate expose itself. I really do want to be able to react and to speak and to do in the real name of Jesus. And I want the boldness to do that. I want to want the boldness to do that. It's more true, to, to be real honest. But I do want that. And I want that for the we here. We just have to consider it, though. <laughs> Can't gloss over the story like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, pray for boldness. Sounds great. All those threats. You know. So let's pray together. And then I want us to do this, though, before we bow our heads to pray or pray however you do. As we have communion... I want today, maybe just, just for myself, so don't do your way. I really want my dipping bread in the cup today, though, and watching Tobin try to sneak two breads in the cup. <laughs> I want that, though, to be me saying, no, all of it. I want all of it. I don't want to worry about the threat of looking weird. I don't want to worry about the threat of getting in a bad confrontation at my job. I don't want to worry about the threat of us not knowing how to tell our son he becomes a Jesus follower or he notices he's a Jesus follower, whatever that may be. I don't want us to be afraid of that. 
I just want us to act in the way of Jesus. And as I dip the bread in the cup, I want to say, yes, eat your flesh, drink your blood. I will do that. I want that to be what I want. I do. And I want us to want that together. Um, but, yeah, let's pray. Lord, we, we want to be people who consider the threats and still say, uh, and enable your servants to speak your name in great boldness, stretch out your hand, heal through us, promote justice through us, care for the orphan through us, love the widow through us, feed the hungry through us, house the homeless through us, clothe the naked with our clothes. Feed the hungry with my food. Encourage in the name of Jesus, with the name of Jesus, through the name of Jesus, with my pen, with my mouth. God, I'm even insecure praying that, sadly enough, Please give us your grace. Forgive where we need forgiveness on this one. Empower where we need to be empowered on this one. Love through us well. In Jesus' name. All right, let's stand together.